0: and this is what i think what i'm about to tell you is not that big of a deal it's just it's a kind of a milestone and i i was remiss because i meant to mention it two episodes ago because it would have made way more sense so it's not like a milestone i would call it more of a kilometer stone it's sort of a smaller version and here's here's what it is two episodes ago 178 was my technical 400th podcast episode when you combine the first show approaching the natural podcast 222 episodes with the 178 of this one I'm now at 180, so now it's the 402nd episode. So you see the steam just left the whole, it just, just not that big of a deal. But 402 episodes, that's a lot of pressing the old record button, isn't it? 402 episodes, 402 episodes? No? Not so much? Okay. I will say that, and so I'm going to take a little sip. Mm, mm. Basil Hayden bourbon there, and it's got got basil in it, so it's whole food plant-based. Uh, More on that in a second. Um, Life must be good for me right now. is not because I did the 402nd episode of doing it. Um, But I'm I'm thinking today that my life is probably pretty good right now. Because here's my, I want to explain to you my first, my two major sources of stress right now. Okay? Not my book, because that's being designed. And so it's out of my hands. Um, And works, whatever, works, work. Here's my two major stressors right now. The, The little stickers that are on produce. And I'm not even kidding that, that I, it's a stressor. Maybe not major, but it's it, it bugs me to no... I've had so many cooking classes that I'm surprised I don't have carpal tunnel from peeling those little bastards off. And they are bastards. Like, their parents are no way married, is all I am for sure about. Second, the moisture-sucking little packets they put in, like, pill bottles and pouches. I hate those things. I don't live in Texas. I don't live in Atlanta. <clears throat> I don't need the little silicon white packet that looks a little like the um the dip chewing tobacco uh, little packets that you know they have the loose the loose chewing tobacco and then they have the ones that are in the little pack. I can't remember what they're called, but they're like that except for they don't those don't soak up moisture but these do. Mm-hmm. Again, went to high school in Texas. So there was not less than a lot of times where I would go get a drink out of a drinking fountain. And somebody will have would have emptied their uh, dip, the the chewing tobacco, right out of there, just right right on in there, right on in the little area under the drain, just by right the drain, not down the drain, because that would be too okay, but just there. So you get a drink of water, and there's a little little pile of dirt. It looks like, but it's not dirt. It's not dirt at all. It's skull. <clears throat> now back to whole food plant based, which by the by the way, tobacco is whole food plant based. I am tired of whole food plant-based. I'm tired of the bad decision it was <clears throat> to call it that. WFPB, Whole Food I'm whole bepa- I'm hopeful. Pe- it's too many words and it's annoying also because the whole food thing's annoying to me anyways, but that's like a whole nother uh, level of annoyance. So I'm gonna go on record right now uh, to potentially billions of people, not not billions, but potentially billions. And say that it's too wordy, it's too weighty, it's annoying. Whole food plant based. Listen, here's the deal: if it's a whole food and it's from a plant, it's a whole plant. So just if you say that you, and look, don't I wouldn't if look if it were if it were I I, I wouldn't even talk about it. Don't even talk about it. But if you're one of the people who wants to say it out loud, just go eat whole plants. I eat whole plants. Doesn't that say sound less just annoying and air you diet? Oh, I'm whole food plant based. I'm whole food plant based. I'm whole food plant-based. It's so annoying. Just, I eat whole plants most of the time. Good God. I eat whole plants. What do you eat? Oh, I eat whole plants most of the time. Or it's just stuff from made whole plants. But I mean, it's the same thing. It's either whole plants or stuff made of whole plants. It's, I eat it most of the time. I don't only really talk about it. That's, that's, that's a kind of a cool thing. Just look, try that on for size. Okay. I'm whole food plant I've been whole food plant for 10 years. I've been, I eat whole food plant Because <clears throat> I read it in a book and that's what they call it. And so if they call it that, I'm going to call it whole food plant-based I eat whole plants okay you can even call it wp that's what I, so to me i would go i'm wp whole plants whole plants that's it whole plants what do you eat whole plants uh all the time no god no no because if i did it all the plant all the time i'd have to carry food i'd be one of the people who carries food to things i don't want to carry food to things but you know when i can get my hands on them by god Really? Do I talk more about that? No, I don't. I don't want to talk any more about. It. I've, I've, I've had my fill of, of discussions about food. So how about the science? Science is in. It's, it's done. It's done. Do it or not do it. Don't try to change the science. Just don't do it or do it. And again, I just said my life must be good because my two main sources of stress are the sticker produce and the moisture sucking packets. But the, I guess there's another source of stress, which is lots of people. I have some exciting news and this is legit exciting. My book, my next book where I, that I haven't really talked about much because it's just, you know, in the works, but now it's, it's actually happening. So it is available for pre-order and look, if you were thinking to yourself, I might order that book, pre-order it. And that's because it gets the numbers in the thing before the thing. Okay. So you're going to see in the show notes, you just click on the little thing that you hit play on, scroll down one line. If that's not too hard for you. And click on the link to the to the, and where it goes is to the, is to the publisher. Slash, well, it actually goes to the distributor, Penguin Random House, and it, and it's and it's you can see the book cover there, and you can see the, uh, the little write up of there, and I think they even have a couple blurbs. One by my buddy Doug Hay from the No Meat Athlete uh, family over there, and you can pre order at a variety of different outlets. If you just hate Amazon and you but you like Barnes and Noble or vice versa, you could go to all the different places. Throw a pre order down. Why wouldn't you? Ultra Runner, Ultra Running for Normal People. I almost got the title wrong. Almost got the title. Ultra Running for Normal People, Life Lessons Learned on and Off the Trail. It's a philosophy book of sorts. It's a memoir of sorts. It's a training book of sorts. It's all things in one. In all seriousness, I'm very proud of this damn book. I I really love this book. I mean, I really do. I love all my books, but this one was like a thing, and because the publisher was like totally good and great and it was it's it's been it's been a cool very much of a learning process for me which is kind of cool okay and lastly thanks using show notes scroll down and see all that shit. okay um fault lines if you can vaguely or just just a little bit hear dogs barking in the background it's it's uh, you know i'm a I, I'm, I'm i'm an ethical guy around animals i feel i want to murder them right now and that's it i just want to get that out there i feel like when things come out on the table there's it's less i'm less likely to act on them fault lines um in th- okay so i'm gonna i was reading i'm reading right now a book called Whole w-h-o-l-e by t colin campbell he wrote the china study this is the follow-up book i haven't read i hadn't read it and i was it's been out for a few years and i was like i should freaking read that it's really good the reason i didn't read it initially is because i thought i've read the china study i don't need china study Some, sometimes these big books big big authors they have like a book that's really successful and then they do another book that's basically the same book but just sort of a different version because they figure I might as well cash in on that and i kind of get that actually but whatever like, I, my new book's ultra-running for normal people, and my first book was ultra-running for people who aren't normal. So it's, you can see how it, I kind of just was like, okay, this is the next incarnation, and this one also will be a bestseller. This is whole, W-H-O-L-E. Not to be confused with H-O-L-E, Hole, My Adventures in Spelunking, which is my other uh, autobiography, but this one is W-H-O-L-E. So you think it's going to be about, hopefully, but it's really more about the science of... of it's about the the difference between reductionism, how we we in the West especially isolate. We we study things in isolation and sometimes, well, oftentimes, that falls short of really the effect of things in the body and how things interact with other things. It's a it's a much more complicated picture, really. And so it's the evolution of that way of thinking in our society. It's a very interesting book, neither here nor there, because I came across this this little quote paragraph today, and I wanted to talk about this. And and it was today. Here's what it goes. He's talking about the the difference between um, genetic determinism, which is this, well, I'm going to read it to you, and nutritional determinism, so the the, the role that nutrition plays in disease versus genetics, et cetera, et cetera. Here we go, quote, "...a belief in genetic determinism suggests that our future health and disease events are already predestined at birth, and that as we age, we simply move from one disease benchmark to another according to the genetic blueprint we inherited at conception." This encourages the impression that there is little or nothing that we can do to prevent serious diseases like cancer. In contrast, the belief that cancer and related diseases are dependent on nutritional practices can encourage a sense of hope and lead to healthier behavior. And this is not, he goes on to say, not a belief, because there's a lot of evidence to, to actually support this. But what I wanted to focus on in this episode is the belief that cancer and related diseases are dependent on nutritional practices can encourage a sense of hope and lead to healthier behavior. Is he right? I mean, is he right? Well, yes, because it can. But here's the thing. It often does not. And that's where I step in in my work in the small step intensive and the small steppers is i step in when when it does not and it's 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 i think it's very naive to say well if if you tell somebody that what they eat has a greater effect on disease and health in general than genetics well that's amazing because something being in our control would feel great oh my god there's something i can do about this that's amazing but there is definitely part of our society and species that longs and i don't mean is okay with but actually searches for things that we at least perceive to be out of our control how many times have you heard people love this and i don't know how mathematically this can add up but it seems like every time somebody goes to a doctor with a problem they come back and they go you know what the doctor told me she said she's never seen anything like this not once they, we love that being special about that we love that the, the doctor we have defied science there's got to be a journal article about me soon because there's nobody in billions of people that have ever had the thing that I have and I do, they don't know anything I'm going to go home and I'm going to ponder how special I am while I eat a bag of Cheetos because there's nothing I can do about it doctor already said nothing I can do about it it's genetic that's kind of the thing and to discount the massive and greater effect of things like nutrition, even more, by the way, than environmental factors, is to say, I don't, there's nothing I can do about it. And it's a very interesting place for me to live in because what I am working to do via this podcast and, and, and everything else I do and, the, and the, the work I do as a coach is to help people identify that when there is something that they control that's a very good thing that's a, that's an empowering thing that is a thing that makes you happy and this goes like i said well i have said way beyond things like diabetes cancer alzheimer's heart disease etc cetera, etc cetera. that feeling of empowerment that feeling of control i've given talks to a few cancer groups over the years and one of the things a couple things going on there Unanim- not almost unanimously, the last thing they want to talk about is cancer. They're so freaking over it. They're sitting in this talk and they're like, okay, we're sitting in a talk and he's going to talk about nutrition. I'm like, who here wants to talk about cancer? They're like, no, we do not. Because that's already happening. And when you get diagnosed, you are bounced around like a pinball and everything is a panic. And the one thing you don't want to do when you can't, when you don't have to in any given moment is think about that or deal with that. So this idea, as I present it in talks, is to say there, those things are happening to you, but there's things that you can be doing, and they're not restrictive. They're, they're stealing power. They're maintaining power. They're saying the cancer doesn't get all of me. The world doesn't get all of me. There's things I can do to affect my health right now, and I can do that thing. And that's a place of power, but it's very, it's, it's not as easily, it's more easier said than done when you say, well, if you tell somebody that they can, that, that what they eat put in their mouths is, is, is something they can both control and does have a massive effect. That's a, people would love to hear that. A lot of people do not love to hear that. They love to, they will not only love to hear the opposite. They will search out the opposite. They will want to figure out a way to remove their own accountability from that picture. That's a sign of weakness. That is not a sign of strength. I have nothing i can do about it and here's a tangent but totally not a tangent i was watching ted lasso again sometimes i'm in a place in my brain where i was like i need a freaking lasso episode if you haven't seen the show just watch it and shut the hell up about it just watch it just watch it because i told you to watch it that's you know how that's ap- how i operate oh when i work with clean i was like eat it because i told you watch the show because i told you to watch it. it's all i'm asking okay I'm watching this episode and Roy Kent this one of the one of the soccer players he goes he goes I can't control I can't control my feelings and Lasso turns right back around and says well then by all means let them control you. And I like I'm watching the show just for like an escape and I'm like that's so much about the work that I am that, that it's just like my work is centered around that very conflict. It's like I have cravings what do I do about it? I have binge I do what do I do? I can't do anything about it. I just can't control my feelings. Fine don't let them control you. They're going to come up, but don't let them control you. Don't let them determine what you're going to act on. So you might feel like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't have power. I can't do this. And those things will come up. I have a client right now who coined this. I'm giving her cred because it's such a great thing. She goes, it's old tape. It's rolling old tape. I love that. First of all, I love the analog about it. Just it's old tape. It's like a cassette. Actually, I pictured in my brain reel to reel because that's, it's old tape. Just like these old tape that is rolling in our heads and it comes up and a long, huge part of my work is to say it may or may not go away, but that's not where your energy is best served to, to try to affect that. That just, It's probably going to come up because by the time you started attending to this, it's been 45 years of, the, of that rolling that tape. So to expect it to go away, is sort of like ridiculous. But to say in spite of that old tape rolling in my head, that message that I've heard a thousand times that up until now has dictated my actions. I'm now going to act in spite of that. And I was questioned one time I have this this uh, exercise I do with clients called the me not me game. I've done a video on it and I've done a I've brought it up in these episodes, go back and whatever. But it's it's this way of I'll, I'll sort of cliff note it here, but it's a way of You know, you do an act and let's say you overeat donuts, right? And and instead of going, I have no, it's a way of re-messaging. It's creating new recordings, digital, new recordings around your thing. So instead of saying, well, that's just me. That's what I do. I'm a binger. People who come to work with me, have the old tape and it is forefront. It's not old to them. It's what they, it's how they define themselves. And I step in and I go, wait a second, just because you've been doing this doesn't mean that that's who you are. Just because you have overeaten the donuts doesn't mean that that is the thing that you do and that you have no control over it. And I cannot, ste- if you believe that, I can't step in and change that. I can take the donuts away from you for a short time, but that will not change the game. It has to be you looking at that act and saying, is it me or not me? And by the way, I always tell my clients, it could be you on a given day. You're like, I've been eating great. want some freaking donuts. Ate the shit out of them. I mean, honestly, God, I've overeaten on purpose. Fine. It's only when people overeat not on purpose that they start feeling the guilt and the shame around those kinds of things. But somebody questioned, they said, "Don't, don't people feel bad about that when they play that game? Like, They realize it's not who they are, but they did it anyway. I go, well, that's one way to look at it. Completely the opposite of how I look at it. I look at it like you can beat yourself up over that. Or you can go, that's not who I am. Let me start to take control over this over time. Give myself a little bit of a break. Side note, because donuts are engineered to be addictive. So, okay, So we're not not having this issue with kale. You know what I'm saying? So to step in and say, I'm going to look at this in a different way. I'm not going to look at it like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just shitty and I just don't have control and I just overeat donuts. So there's nothing I can do about it. Or I can say, that's not... Who I am, actually, and what I would have done had I been in my kind of good place and good place, you know, good state of mind, I would have had a bite or I wouldn't have had it at all, depending on how I felt in that given moment on any given day. I always assumed and always cr- I crafted that exercise with clients because I assumed it and do believe it to be empowering, to take a stance, to say this thing happened. I can, I, for 45 years, I looked at it as a failure and that snowballed into more failure because I just felt bad about myself. But to say instead, oh, I see that now as an act that is not in line with who I am because I know who I am now and I can do something about this. I'm taking a stance. I'm crystal clear now about what I stand for, what my principles and values are, and how I actually see myself in the world in spite of how I may have behaved in that given time. By the way, just did a YouTube video. This I know I don't do a lot of YouTube videos, but I just posted one if you want to check that out. It is unfortunately, and again, probably nothing we can do about it, part of us and sometimes a large part of us that wants it to just be who we are I mean i hear it all the time it's just who i am i have been very careful in my own life to stop doing that i don't automatically say well that's just what i do something i don't like because then i go who's the part of me that doesn't like it that's got to be legit that's got to be valid the part inside of me and i'm not a psychologist so i don't know where it originates or what don't care what i do care is i've stopped doing that i stopped just automatically going well that's what i do The title of this episode is called The Fault Lines. Where do you, do you accept accountability? Are you at fault? It's okay. It's not only okay, it's empowering to take that on. So yeah, it's my fault that I've been eating crappy. It's my fault that I overeat. It's my fault that I don't exercise. It's my fault that I'm too stressed all the time. Because at least you puts you in a position of then looking forward. But boy, they're a conflict when you know that. And don't want that to be true. And I think most of us do know that. So I think part of the message here in this episode is, you know, when the, when this kind of information arises, you know, in a book like Hole, where you go genetics and then, you know, genetic determinism. And I look in the, in the context of all the stress that we're under raising families and social media and all the stupid stuff, traffic and jobs and the news and all that stuff. I understand the relief that it could be if somebody was like listen there is nothing you can do about this i i get i get it i totally do understand it and by the way been there it's just never equated to a good life it's never equated to health and happiness not once not once so it's a it's a place to play it's a it's a position to place yourself to look at your life and say where are the fault lines where are the things that are truly out of my control like other people and where the things that are truly in my control, like how I take care of myself for crying out loud. What steps do I take to steal back power and time for myself and, and adding in things that nourish me, not out of restriction for crying out loud, out of joy and happiness because they deliver. If I do it most of the time, they deliver me the life that I want to live. How often do you sit back and go, where are the fault lines in my life? Where are those things? And then, with managed stress and self-care in the process, come back into the world and begin taking steps to make your life what you already know it to be. I sent
1: you away I sent you Sent you away. Here is my apology. Here is my discontent. Here is my admission. I will send for you. I will send for you. I will send for you. Here's my state of gray Here's my fall from you Here's my admission of fall Here's my apology.